on this episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be opening up our beginning days with The End of Days, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Joining us for discussion will be Aaron Neuwirth of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Welcome to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, a bi-weekly movie podcast that features hosts Brandon and Cullen discussing a film from cinema's past, considered but not limited to being a cult classic. As a disclaimer, each episode will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language. Episodes available on cultcinemacavalcade.com and iTunes. Like the show on Facebook and follow on Twitter at CC Cavalcade. For questions, suggestions, and all inquiries, contact us via mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. This is Cult Cinema Cavalcade. This is episode 38. This is Brandon. And as always with me is your co-hoster that cops a feel while sucking face, Cullen. You got me. You got me 100%. Today we're here to discuss the 1999 film End of Days. Cullen, how did those days end? At the end of the century, Satan visits New York in search of a bride. It's up to an ex-cop who now runs an elite security outfit to stop him. End of Days is directed by Peter Himes and stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, Gabrielle Byrne, Robin Tooney, Kevin Pollack, CCH Pounder, Udo Kier, Miriam Margolis, Mark Margolis, and Rod Steiger. Welcome to the first episode of the new year, and we hope your holidays were great, and no one experienced anything like the events portrayed in this film. Well, it hasn't been a thousand years, so it wouldn't mm-hmm. happen. And so far, 2017? I don't know. How, how's your 2017 so far, Colin? It is as good as I expected it to be. Yep, I'm right there with you. Uh, right here with us is from Out Now with an Aaron and Abe. It's Aaron Newerth. Yeah, I'm back. I'm back. That's that's the best I can. I'll, I'll probably tone that down or ramp it up. Who knows? But I'm here. Yes, He's here. And he picked the film today. Of course I did. And to keep, yeah, when, I want when, I, I, I wanted to keep my pattern alive of just just '90s movies apparently, <laughs> and to yeah, celebrate when, the new year. I thought this was the perfect choice. When Brandon told me the next movie, I like I paused for a moment and I said, "Is Aaron going to be on the show?" <laughs> I didn't say him in the cast list, but Cullen, fear not. Our old bud, Abraxas, Sven Thorson, is in the film. Perfect. He is? He's, remember, he's in like every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? Yes, like he friends, is. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The he's really here. good front. He's here. Is he one of the priests? I He had some nameless role. Okay. Probably, but, security guard. Or yeah. like one of the, like a guy, one of the guys Arnold like walks by or fights. Cult, <laughs> yeah. cult man. Even yeah. better. Rod Steiger's in this film, who was, of course, in the previous film that I talked about with you guys, Mars Attacks. That's right. Yes, he is. He's, uh, I looked at him, I was like, why do I know his face? 
Thank you. I could not put it together for the life of me. I, I was just recapping the rest of the cast list because there's some great names in this movie that I'm excited to get to when we get to them. Oh, yeah. Oh, CCH Pounder? Well, no, I mean the character names of the film. But yeah, CCH Pounder. Oh. Certainly, a, certainly. A is this our, we've done a CCH Pounder movie before, haven't we? I don't, I don't Have know. Like, I don't. When, when I saw that name, I, like, I, I thought, like, what? Who can that possibly be? What? Who? Whose first name is three letters? <laughs> That's ridiculous. I was while watching End of Days. I was working on my CCH Pounder impression because it doesn't mm-hmm. take a whole lot, but it's fun to do. And so, I, this is the. Let me, let me see if I can if I can channel this. God. Damn it, Jericho King! What are you doing over there? <laughs> <laughs> what happened to Aaron? Where's Why Aaron? you guys the authority to come into my precinct and talk me about what I'm doing? How did we get CCH Pounder on the show? That was more entertaining than CCH Pounder, I would say, in that most points. She's she's best when she's angry, and that's you know that's why she, her and the shield is fantastic because she's just really angry at Michael Chiklis mm-hmm. for a lot of that show. Yeah, on on this she's either angry or confused. I, I would say <laughs> in uh, end of days. Yeah, the the fun kind of confused where she's possessed exactly. Yeah. Aaron, any background on why you picked end of days? End of days is a movie that I had not seen in quite a while. And so I was like, well, I'm curious about, in, in trying to think of a movie for this podcast because it's not it's the new year. And so I want to find something that's kind of, you know, horror-y, uh, whatever, you know, something that fits the podcast, obviously, that also kind of ties into the time of year that we're at. And while Terror Train was a huge like th- I was like, Terror Train sounds like a great idea. But I know you and I, we've talked about Terror Train quite a bit in various yeah. ways where it's been on the various uh, horror, bo- horror podcasts we've done on Out Now. And you've written about it a number of times on um, Naptown Nerd. I'd written Naptown, yeah, Naptown Nerd. And so it's like I feel like we've gotten a lot of information that we can about Terror Train at this point. That I don't know if a full podcast. We really now. I'm not saying we can't do it in the future. I'd be happy to talk about Terror Train more because that's a good movie. Uh, but so I, I was looking at other like end of the year type mo- or you know you know movies that kind of fit. And I saw End of Days come. It's like oh yeah, it's End of Days is a New Year's type movie and it has some. <laughs> very interesting ideas going on and so i wanted to both revisit it just because i hadn't seen it in a while see if it holds up on viewings you know now because i don't recall it being much of a much of a huge hit at that time and i was thinking maybe this is an unsung arnold movie maybe yeah maybe he does some stuff here that we don't really uh, see often and i i would argue he does try to give a performance here that's actually pretty credible but the movie itself eh, yeah. Not the, yeah i hadn't seen it since the theater uh back uh, i went opening weekend and I don't remember Th- not liking it. 19, Thanksgiving 1999. I, I don't remember not liking it, but I've never revisited it. I, I didn't own it till now. If this was and, a movie that, that didn't come out on DVD or Blu-ray, I don't think many people would miss it. The final is the final movie released on Laserdisc. <laughs> so it was the end of days for Laserdisc, yes, is what you're saying. Yes, Every time I've read something about it, it's you know referred to as just awful. I remember sitting there thinking it was awful, but it's not made me eager to jump back and catch catch up with end of days. We'll debate its awfulness as we talk about this movie, but it it's not good. <laughs> I certainly want to throw that one out there. <laughs> it's capable of being something better. It's Arnold and Peter Himes, and Himes did the best Van Damme movies. Some of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Time Cop, Sudden Death. Yep. He did The Relic. He has a cool career, like 2010, yeah, 2010 which yeah. I actually kind of like quite I a bit. I do like he 2010. Did, yeah. Uh, Running Scared with Billy Crystal. and um, Outland with Connery. Outland. Yeah, Another future Colts in a Cavalcade movie. There you go, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's got yeah, he's got, a, he's got some good stuff, some memorable Capricorn stuff. Capricorn 1 with O.J. Simpson, among others. Well, we have to do that. <laughs> Anything with O.J., we have to have an O.J. month. He did Busting. 
back in the 70s? The, the Elliot Musket- Gould? A Sound of Thunder, which basically ended his career. <laughs> Prolific, uh, as far as... He's got a you know, wide range of things here, but yeah, they're yeah. of varying quality, for sure. It probably didn't help Arnold, like... That this was following the first movie after Batman and Robin. This one, yeah, this was after Batman and Robin after he had like a heart attack. Like, yeah. He had, or not a heart, but he had like, he had to have heart surgery because, you know, he's just a big guy and he does a lot of stuff. I, I remember this as, because I, I was like, where are the Arnold movies when back in the 90s when they were coming? I was like, because like, the last thing I saw was Batman and Robin. He's like, oh, this is, okay, let's yeah. let's see what this is. And it's not, you know, it's not a typical Arnold movie by any means. I mean, Guy was Guy was one of the biggest like marquee names like ever. And then just, I mean, he before his governorship, like it was a, Kind of crawl to his hiatus. Yeah, because after this, yeah. like the sixth six day, day ter- collateral damage, which, Terminator three, like... which collateral damage was supposed to be his like big comeback, and then nine eleven happened the week before it was supposed to come out. Yeah, so it got yeah. moved and just kind of forgotten. Because his other big comeback was like in the nineties was Eraser. Which I love. Yeah, I like the racer. I saw, but you know, I was, I was literally, ta- I was talking to my dad right now. He's, at, he's seeing Rogue One, but I was talking about him about our past movies experiences we've had, and we saw a racer together. And I was, you know, ninety six. So I'm, I'm a, not even a teenager yet when that came out. That's my age, and, um, and we had a, we had a blast watching a racer, and like it was like a newer theater that had like a great sound system. So I was like, that was a fun movie to watch. It's like, yeah, Arnold doing it, and then yeah, then it was like Jingle All the Way and Batman, and it's like, okay, well, yeah, yeah. Racer was like the last like really good just straightforward forward Arnold movie. It was at the time it was lesser because you know everything before it it was just kind of like yeah just running in place type thing. But now it, it looks a lot comedies. better looking yeah. back. That, to be fair, True Lies came out like two years before Eraser. Which, oh, that's, okay. well, that's what I meant. It was just kind of like a running in place, yeah, kind of yeah. movie at, at the time. Looking at it as the new Arnold movie, it's like eh, well, it was fine. And then now it's like it, I think it looks better in hindsight than I remember when I was watching. End of days. I thought. I wish I was watching a racer. <laughs> like, the whole, <laughs> yeah. like the whole time, I'm just thinking about those aluminum bullets. And we watched it in college with my with my roommate, and he he was all about a racer because he's like, oh, the green gun. We got to get that green gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those awesome trails it leaves behind. Yeah, that's a good movie. Matter. I'll, I'll talk to you guys later. I'm going to watch a racer. <laughs> On the next episode yeah, of Cult Cinema back. Cavalcade, <laughs> we'll be talking about a racer. <laughs> oh, it's just a racer head. That's shit. Never mind. Watching Watching End of Days has really convinced me that we just need to do an Arnold Schwarzenegger focused podcast. I would do it. I would. I would. Starting with, uh, can we uh, long goodbye? Can we throw that in there? Right. Oh, long goodbye. Yeah. Of yes. course. All right. That and then stay hungry yes. and uh, pumping iron, of course, and Hercules in New York. It'd be just yeah. a great. Uh, Everybody, get the call- popcorn ready for the Red Sonia episode. <laughs> <laughs> we would just call that the show like Get to the Chopper or something. Oh, this is a, we we could we could have a lot of fun debating the names of this podcast. <laughs> Podcasting <laughs> Iron. Podcast, yeah, yeah. Pumping podcast. Podcast in New York. Judgment cast. <laughs> Conan the podcaster. <laughs> wah, wah. That's Collateral even clever. Pod- Collateral podcast. There we go. <laughs> End of podcast. Podcast all the way. Okay, I'm done. Speaking of, <laughs> we have done Stallone on this show before, and now we move on to Arnold. So. Look out, Hudson Hawk. You're coming soon. <laughs> it's in the 90s. I'll be on that episode. Yep, Aaron, will be, Aaron yeah. Newith will return for Hudson Hawk. I'll have a double feature of that and Bruno the Kid. <laughs> and we'll all be singing with the stars. Drinking wine coolers. Singing. Good right. dog. <laughs> Fish is an ant. Okay. End of days. All right. We open up with a priest reading a scroll at the Vatican, and he 
tells the Pope child to be born today, and the Pope's like, she must be found, and this cardinal cardinal wants her killed, and they talk a prophecy and all this shit, and Pope says... It's the Pope played by Mark Margolis. Mark Margolis, who needs a bell on that damn wheelchair, right? It needs to be a Pope... With a bell. Says she must be protected, and he charges a guy to go find and protect her. Which, he's like the coolest Pope, because you'd think he'd be like, sort of like this distant villain, but he's like, no, no, it's, everybody chill. Everybody this chill. This is like his only scene, right? Like no, he comes back it? later and basically yeah, reiterates the whole, like, no, it needs protected. needs protected. Like, okay. And I love there's all these other, um, I don't know, priests or whatever, just like kind of hanging out in his room. Like, what, what were you doing? Before they came in, like, oh, the kid's gonna be born today. Like, what, they're playing backgammon. What the fuck was going on in there? Business. They're pooping. Business. Uh, they're in New York. Six hours later, there's a woman giving birth, and the baby's brought to a back room in the hospital where Doctor Abel, played by Udo Kier, so we know this is up to something Satanistic, because we see a symbol on uh, the baby's wrist, and he takes... And it's Udo Kier. And it's Udo Kier. <laughs> yeah. He takes a snake from the jar, he utters some, I'm guessing, Latin, and slices the snake and rips its blood on the baby and makes the baby eat the blood, to which my wife, who was on her computer and not really paying attention, looked up and goes, the fuck are you watching? <laughs> An Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, honey. It's Arnold! <laughs> I told her that, and it did not start like, you know, your traditional Arnold movie, but... <laughs> it did It did start with a lot of, like, sacred text. There was a very elaborate opening title sequence, yes. which I took notes of, because I saw Peter Hames is also the editor and DP on... Or he's just the DP on this movie. Ah, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, he, he shoots his own films. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Kevin Pollock got, like, like near-top billing. I was like, oh, wow, there's, there's a... KP. This is quite the cast. Uh, the, the baby gets brought back to the mother who names her Christine. Nothing like Christ. It's nothing like that at all. Christ. Christine. Uh, also, also um, how did all these, I guess we'll call them Satan worshippers, how did they know that Christine, this chosen one, was going to be born there? There's no... They read the signs. The signs. There's, that, there's signs, scrolls. They're in New York. There's a lot of signs on the subway and, and the bus. And... <laughs> Hey, the uh, the woman that's going to get impregnated by Satan's this way. Come on, everybody, follow me. And 20 years later, it's December 28th, 1999. And every time they tell us the day or something, we get uh, some, like, radio broadcast to hear. But uh, an earthquake happens. These explosions happen from underground, which shoot sewers open, and a weird predator, invisible-like demon flies out. Satan's ghost. We can call it that. Satan's ghost. Gabriel Byrne enters a restaurant, and he's eating with this couple, then goes to the restroom, and we get a POV of the clear demon as it follows and possesses him. And then, in, like, the one scene I remembered from this movie, he walks out of the restroom and grabs the boob of the woman he was sitting eating with and just sucks face with her in front of what I'm assuming is her husband or boyfriend. And then he leaves, well, and, and the whole building the explodes. That, that that scene's amazing for a variety of reasons. It is. One is, yes. one, one is because he walks up, he starts doing that thing, and the and the husband looks at him, he's like, hey! And then he like Gabriel Byrne looks at him and just gives him a look, and he's like, oh, oh never mind. And he just like, sits back down in his chair. He looks over to say, I'm not finished. You'll get your turn. Right. Uh, but but he when he grabs that tit, man, he gets in there. It's like the last titty he's ever going to grab. He's making it memorable. He's Gabriel Byrne, though. I mean, hey. 
And this is like peak Gabriel Byrne because this is like every every time you do fan casting for something, people throw Gabriel Byrne in there because he had like what Miller's Crossing and um, Usual Suspects and Stigmata. Mini mini reunion of Usual Suspects since Kevin Pollock's in here. That's true. That's true. Mm. But yeah, Stigmata was like the same year. So Gabriel Byrne was all over the place with religious horror movies at this point. Yeah, he was like, oh yeah, he's you know Gabriel Byrne. He's so awesome and. But yeah, but yeah, with that said, yeah, back in '99, that this was this movie is probably like the, the the coolest Gabriel Burns ever like looked in a movie. Just right. the, the way he wear, yeah. wears that suit, like has the kind of jet black hair slicked down. It's like, yeah, all right, okay, Gabriel Byrne doing his thing. That's that's nice for him. And the way He's he grabs that titty. Little... I remember that scene. Like that's like one of the few things I remembered from this movie that just for some reason stuck with me because it's just yeah. jarring. Because he walks out and boom, just the and just boom and blows <laughs> yeah. up. Well, it was I'm like what sh- I wondered, like, what was the point of that, I'm, Satan? I'm not sure what that accomplished exactly, but I'm happy. No witnesses to him kissing <laughs> a woman? He's Satan. Yeah, he's, you're right. I mean, the powers of Satan are so ill-defined in this movie, it's ridiculous. Because like, he can't, like, he can't find people at a certain time when it seems like he would need to, but he's always right where he needs to be other times. He can randomly blow up things, but he never uses that a power ever again. Like, there's, there's a lot of weird things. He's got, like, this. limitations to his power. It's weird. Maybe it's because he's when he's inhabiting someone's body, he gets limitations. Well, then I, maybe I mean, they should have explained that to us. That, that seems, it seems more like poor writing. I don't know if I want to give it limitations. Just like, oh, here's a scene where he can talk to Arnold and show him his what family. What are you talking about? The script is flawless. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> that script, it does name Arnold in this movie, Jericho Kane. That's a, that's a good that's a good entry on the list of of, of uh, Arnold names. Yes. Yeah. Jericho Kane. And it's better than a collateral damage Gordy Brewer. I, yeah, I that one's, it. yeah. <laughs> Gordy, yeah. It's, it's it's more it's, of the Commando John Matrix range than, yeah. than Gordy. <laughs> Gordy Brewer sounds like someone with a thyroid condition. <laughs> Meet Gordy Brewer. He's been constipated <laughs> for three months. It's not quite like, I, you know, I used to love when, like, the Van Damme movies where he'd be like, Ronald McDouglas. It's like, no, he is not Ronald McDouglas. He, <laughs> Dork Von He Dork. can't pull that off. No, he is not. Yeah, like, that's... <laughs> Like, like McDam, they would give like the funniest names. It's like, no, dude, he's French. He's always, he can't hide that accent. It's you can't name him Mick something, okay? It's... And this one, he's Wiener McTwat. Like, ah, okay. <laughs> Van, Van Damme was like, it seemed like he was ashamed of being from Belgium, where Arnold, Arnold just doesn't care, and so he like he goes back and forth between names like Quaid, but also something like like The Last Stand, where even though the movie tries to provide some kind of passable explanation, he's still like Sheriff Ray Owens, the like the sheriff of New Mexico. Like, <laughs> yes. How did, this, how did this lumbering Austrian man like become the sheriff of New Mexico? <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> Ray Owens, that's an Austrian name, sure, sure. I changed it when I came to the island. Maybe that's where that's where like uh, maybe that's Seagal's thing. He had some of the better names. Maybe not well, Seagal, you know, because he had like Seagal, Seagal defies race, guys. Yes. I mean, what are you, about? <laughs> you just look at him and you think, what is he and why is he here? But anyways, we're on Arnold. So he's pointing a gun at his head in a dark apartment, and then his 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 partner, whose name is Bobby Chicago, Perfect. comes uh, Kevin by played by Kevin Pollock, comes to wake him up. And he makes a shake uh, that has whatever in it, including a slice of pizza that was on the floor. That's the best part where the camera's like, here's our humor. Let's linger on this slice of pizza, see Arnold look at the slice of pizza, and then see him put the slice of pizza into well, the blender. Well, it's in the house. This is the, most, this is the most unrealistic part of the movie. He puts, Pepto, he puts Pepto-Bismol beer, Chinese food, and pizza in a blender. Arnold sw- 
people can't eat like that and look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's called well, dinner. Not, I mean, he, he already looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's slowly coming out of looking like yeah, that. That's, that's, yeah. that's the arc in the movie. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the most unrealistic thing is the idea that a blender is that good. <laughs> like, like, that blender really, it really mints the hell out of all that stuff because it's like, oh, that just that's just a clear piece of liquid now. It's not even There's not even chunks of pizza in there. <laughs> oh, God. Pizza and Pepto-Bismol and beer. And chow mein. Oh, my, oh yeah. God. And not, not like beer. You're saying beer like he opened a can. It's beer like it was in a like a half a glass that he opened <laughs> yeah. last night. Oh. And he's yep. like just sitting outside of the so table. Flat, warm beer. Yeah. Ugh. Kevin Pollack, who's like three steps away from being Dennis Miller in this movie. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Every line yeah. he has, like, but, hey, uh, Jericho Kane, what are we doing over here? Like, it's, Dennis it's, Miller like, was busy. That's what him. First, Dennis Miller couldn't do it. Then Rob Schneider couldn't do it. So they got Kevin Pollack. Yeah, Dennis Miller was busy yeah. on murder at 1600 reshoots, and so he had to yes. Kevin Pollock instead. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's totally. I mean, this like every action movie had this guy. It's oh, pretty yeah. much pretty much what it is. But you got Kevin oh, Pollock. This, this is a this is a very 90s movie. Yeah, oh, super 90s. Gabriel Byrne oh, yeah. seems like a good like you know non like you know European villain type. Kevin Pollock's here as comic relief. What popular actress is there in the late 90s? Robin Tooney. Robin okay, Tooney. let's throw in there. Like it's just like everything yeah. about this adds up to me. Plus, it was full of shitty music. It's a, yeah. <laughs> the, the real capper to make it of its time. I see John Debney's score. It's it's appropriately apocalyptic when it needs no, to. No, no, no. The, the actual oh, the like, music. Oh, the music. Yeah, yeah. The like score Alice is fine. And stuff. Yes. Oh yeah, it's another yes. like vic- it's another victim of like uh, the crow did it, so we should try harder. Well, it's yeah. it's a, it's it's this gothic like satanistic thing. So they bring all that like it's new metal. metal and and. Stuff like corn, that. everlast, yeah. Limp biscuit, biscuit. But it also has Guns N' Roses song written for this movie that I'm sure that Arnold Schwarzenegger asked them to do that to do this because he's a huge Guns N' Roses. There's that T2 fan. hookup. Oh yeah, they're yeah. in there because he loves Guns N' Roses. They they didn't they weren't gonna do anything with the movie. Then he's like, I want like if I'm gonna do this movie, I want Guns N' Roses on the soundtrack. That's you my guys, demand. Don't cry uh, brings yeah. me to tears. Me and Axel Rose and Slash, we were hanging out the other day, and we were like, oh, we should do a song together for a movie. And I was like, yes, but Batman and Robin's too commercial, so we should do another one. How about End of Days? It's, it sounds like you slip on the Paul McCartney sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so they go on the security detail for Gabriel Byrne, and then a sniper begins firing from high above, and he hits Jericho, and but he's got a vest. And then he gets in a helicopter to go after the shooter. Which involves, amazing plan. which involves him like r- roping down and nabbing the guy off a roof before he jumps off. And then they lower and the guy tries to shoot at Jericho and he drops him. And then this chase goes to the streets and then into a subway tunnel. And the old man starts like prophesizing, saying, you don't know what you've done. And then he goes to shoot Jericho, fires onto him. And then he notices it's a priest and he finds this matchbook on there for a place called Spota's, Spada's don't matter and the movie doesn't think it matters either and cch pounder shows up tells them that the guy didn't have a tongue and that arnold's full of it that the guy was saying stuff to him which i thought at this point that this guy was dead but he's not <laughs> yeah well he yeah. only shot him in the legs he wouldn't, he wouldn't be dead well it looked i mean he didn't move or anything i didn't notice i didn't know must not notice he he's, shot him in the legs i thought he shot yeah, he just shot him down well, no, he, no he shot him in the leg like that well, but then he but then he goes 
Arnold goes up to him and like inspects him. That guy doesn't move or react. Yeah, he doesn't at do all. anything. Like he's just—he's an old man. He's tired. He's running around. He just got shot in the leg. What's he gonna do? <laughs> we, he still... we talk, that helicopter action sequence. I'll give it this. I haven't seen that before. I well, I guess the Matrix <laughs> probably had a helicopter action sequence <laughs> here. But I mean, that all right. Yeah. Like if Arnold's I, I... gonna do something, he's, apparently he's rappelling down to chase a it's guy. It's a lot. It's a, it's a nice open intro to our action. Yeah. It is ridiculous to see Arnold Schwarzenegger fly through the air while someone runs across a rooftop. It was like, just, it's, it's like a homeless assassin. Like, I'm watching this, like, who, yeah. what is this guy? Like, he's just some red, like, he's this dirty old man with a big trench coat on. He's like, has a big gun in his hand. It's like, who, who would hire this person to be the assassin? Where's it? It looks like a low rent superhero chasing down the homeless. That's what it looks like. <laughs> Arnold goes to spot us. But we don't know. We, there's no sound on the scene, so I guess he gets and he gets like nothing. Uh, he talks to a bartender, or whatever. So they investigate the place where the guy lived, and it's uh, that old, condemned, cryptic apartment building place with symbols painted on the wall on the floor. And Bobby's like, "Well, I don't think this is paint. Real odd buff. I don't go for this look. It's just too damn busy." <laughs> uh, Jericho finds the guy's tongue in the jar and then Bobby opens the fridge where there's a black cat and it scares him by the way shouldn't that cat be dead I mean there's no way it's getting air inside a closed refrigerator maybe there's a big hole in the back it's an old place a lot of bad stuff going on <laughs> it could be maybe that's where it normally hangs out it's a horror that's movie cats hang out in fridges it's just stuff it's a thing mm. um, I, I will say this I, up to the there's a there's a point where the movie does start just being plain bad but at this point i'm like all right this is i mean you had a pretty like the opening's pretty you know pretty typically supernatural as far as what it's trying to set up and here it's like it's meshing with an arnold movie to an extent and it's arnold's like, playing a different mm -hmm, arnold's mm -hmm. suicidal that's something i haven't seen before he's depressed it's like all right like yeah. there's a lot of elements here that i'm like Let's see how this goes. Let's see. Let's see what's happening. Like, let's, it's let's... like seven and stigmata with Arnold and Arnold. Yeah, it's yeah. basically it was, it's, as far as like a person running into an office at Universal being like, I got an idea. Arnold versus the devil. So far, it's paying off kind of well. Like, I agree. I, I love that pitch. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> so there's a jar it, it, that they find in the fridge. and It's got a picture of Robin Tooney in it. Must be a. Uh, Father Tom must be a big Empire Records fan, I think. I got it. <laughs> or the craft. Or, or the craft. The yes. And mm -hmm. So she's in a cemetery, and she's Christine, the little baby all grown up, and sets roses at her mom's grave. Later, the cops bust in on Jericho and Bobby at the priest's apartment, and we go back to Christine on the subway, and there's that creepy dude oh, with the bleached the, the, blonde the, the, hair that we saw earlier, and like he, you know, they he was a big part of the trailers. Yeah, how, how would you describe his hair? Because that's a, that's a major part of his. That is his character. It's he's his like, crazy homeless hair. It's a, it's as if the the album cover of Sublime's Forty Ounce to Freedom came. To <laughs> so she 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 gives him a dollar and he's like, he's coming for you. He's coming for you, Christine. How do you know my name? He's gonna fuck you. He's gonna fuck you, Christine. Can you see him? Can you see him? Who are you? And then he shatters. And his head's still saying he's gonna fuck you, Christine. That's and she's freaking out, obviously. Yes, <laughs> and, and rightfully so. To be fair, yes. If I saw someone shatter like porcelain in my in front of my face and tell me that someone was going to fuck me, I think I'd be upset. 
I mean, I think it, I think it, someone doesn't have to shatter for that to ha- for me to be upset anyway. <laughs> just a person that looks like that just yelling that at my face on a, cr- on a crowded that's subway. A, that's enough. And then <laughs> kick it up a notch for them shattering to pieces and no one sees it. Yeah. I think, you know, well, I think not a great day. Doesn't she say she's, si- she's seeing stuff that no one else sees, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, we're she aware says that, that a little bit, yeah. Yeah, so. She says that later on, like, I have a condition that I see things and people, you know, don't see and whatnot. But the, I mean, just the, the way that scene starts is so, like, it is already awkward where it's, like, guy just walks up and starts standing right in front of her and just staring at her. It's like, ah, oh, jeez. Like, that, that's, it's, that's like yeah. a New York thing right there as far as, like, yeah. being on a subway, I'd imagine. So it's like, and then he starts, you know, saying all the stuff he says, like, God, oh, get out of here. At his home. Arnold is uh, around talking about a thousand years have ended, and then he gets out a music box and listens to it and cries, so we can assume he's probably Easily lost some people. He then reads a Bible mm-hmm. with uh, that passage in it and catches the chapter 20, verse 7, and Christine goes to this house where she lives and calls her doctor's office, and he's Dr. Udo Kier! Tells, her, tells him she's having bad dreams, and then her stepmother is worried... And it's the lady from the hospital at the beginning. Yes, the evil nurse that took her down to the basement. Who is also the landlady from the Apple, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, was she? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, when I, it took me a moment. I was like, oh, my God, there's that awful mother landlord yeah, landlady from the, from the Apple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you, yeah. Are, you are correct. So, yeah, she, unfortunately, her boobs didn't get squeezed in this movie. So there's only one boob squeeze per movie. And it's not her. Hey, hey, Sorry. hey, hey, Bim all the way. Jericho goes to church to talk with a priest, played by Rod Steiger, and the priest accuses him of being an alcoholic, and he says that Thomas saw the whole a whole other world, and he mentions a girl, and Jericho's faith is in question because he, you know, lost his wife and daughter, and then they go in a basement where they're just having a casual um, stigmata session with a woman tied to a bed. Like, he has no problem, like, walking Arnold through this. But he, he gets well, he shooed. He gets shooed out of there. For one thing, he just kind of like walk. Like Arnold feels like he's like, oh, that's a, that's alarming. But he's not like completely upset about that. Like he seems like he should be. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah. The, what I what I like about when he first meets Rod Steiger, when he first meets the father, Rod Steiger's like immediately angry at him. He's just like automatically cranky at this person. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> there's no there's no room for him to be like, oh, what's going on, my son? What can I trouble? He's just like, what are you doing here? Why do you want this? Like he's he's already he's like, God, Rod Steiger, calm down. Like, <laughs> did so someone already... take the last donuts? What's what's going on, dude? Satan walks around the city. As he does. <laughs> sure. He passes symbols painted on the ground, which maybe are like telling him where to go. I don't know. And then Udo Kier and his family have dinner, and he shows up at the door. And then Satan has a threesome with his uh, wife and daughter. But they mold into like one person during it, and then it turns into Robin Tooney, who wakes up from a nightmare. Which is all kinds of What a segue. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, I'm just gonna uh, put this question out there. What the fuck was happening here? <laughs> like, I'd like to. Th- I'd like to think it was CCH Pounder having the dream the whole time. Uh, yes. <laughs> I, I'd appreciate that extra layer, but I either Satan sharing dreams with Robin Tooney, or Robin Tooney has really detailed thoughts on how things should go, but she doesn't know what Gabriel Byrne looks like at this point to really right. have that kind. Of, it's very. Uh, I, I'd like to think it's a mutual dream, I guess, and he's invading her mind in this sort of way. But again, that t- that makes me wonder the limits of Satan's powers, where he can like he's like Freddy Krueger. Apparently, he can only see her in dreams, but not in real life until he <laughs> finds her. True. Well, later in the movie, she does say that she's been seeing him in her dreams as long as she's been alive. So 
There's, she's had dreams <laughs> about Gabriel Burns giving it to her. Well, she's also like a huge Miller Cross. She's, she's a huge Miller, Miller's Crossing fan. That's the other well, reason. Yes, well, to, to be fair, sure. Well, who isn't? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know where I was going with this. <laughs> well, you're saying no. You're saying that she's been having dreams of him all of his life. So, which is also right. weird because he's, you know, he's Gabriel Byrne. It's like, well, why would you? Random, why would you see this face through your entire life? You just yeah, chose yeah. this just now. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they, they do say, I believe later in the movie, that you know she is chosen, and also a male was chosen to, to inhabit Satan. So I, I think that he was also kind of destined to be you know Satan's meat wagon, but he doesn't have any markings or anything. Satan just knows where to go. And thankfully, they were living in the same city. So they travel a lot easier for Satan. After that, it's December 30th, and Satan goes to the jail or hospital jail and talks with a cop that gets him to let him in, and Father Thomas is there, and he's bedridden, and we just, you know, see him come in and threaten him. And then Jericho, Bobby, and CCH arrive, and then they get in there, and Thomas has been crucified to the ceiling with surgery instruments. <laughs> it <Yeah>. happens. <laughs> and, and, As you do. And right after that, Satan is uh, on the street, and he knocks over a skater who has a Satan Rules shirt on, and he says, Hey, I like the shirt. Screw you, man. And then <laughs> Satan makes a bus hit the kid. Satan is petty. That is to be shirt. And, he's like, and then he then repeats, like, that's a nice shirt. And he meets Udo Kier at an abandoned theater, Apocalypse Headquarters. The hospital, they find writing scratched into Thomas's body. It's in Latin, which luckily the doctor can transcribe that. He knows most of it. And Thomas awakes and tries to stab people with a scalpel. And the cop who let yeah. Satan in shoots him in the head. It's it's like that scene in Seven when the like the guy like wakes up when John C. McGinley's there and he's right, like, yeah. and it like freaks you out. But it, like we're gonna outdo Seven because he's gonna try to attack him after he wakes right. up. Right. No, that's yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. Jericho insists to Bobby that they need to find this girl, and he says the price prophecy might not be Christ in New York. But Christine York. And they look her up in the computer and they find her. Oh, there's a lot of um, like Batman 66 type logic. Like it's not 666. Oh, yeah. It's upside down oh. and backwards. Yeah. So it's 999. That's coming Short later. Yeah. This... Like, <laughs> Which is either clever or just eye rolling. <laughs> you choose. Hey, they had to play it. They had to play that card. They're releasing their movie. Timely. They went there. But at her home, Christine finishes working out and then finds a dead body in her tub with blood all over the floor. Uh, some men come after her, and she tries to barricade herself in her bedroom, and she hides atop her closet. Uh, but they find her, and the guys apparently are this Christian group or whatever. They're it's Vatican Knights. That's my favorite uh, CSI spinoff, by the way. Vatican Knights. <laughs> uh, they talk about no sanctuary but God. And then luckily, Jericho and Bobby are outside, and they hear the struggle. And they come in guns blazing, and they either kill or get guys to scram. And then there's some exposition between Bobby and CCH about Christine's orphan background, where we get to fill those blanks in that we, I guess, should have by now. And Jericho talks with Christine, and he's like, I've seen a lot of attempted murders, but I've never seen anyone perform the last rites. Satan and Udo then try to convince the stepmom, who's still at that house, to get to the temple, but she's afraid to. And then Satan punches Udo Kier's head off. Oh, yeah, it's great. That was nuts. It's like, he, oh. he, like, punches through his head. It's like... <laughs> it and it's, it's just so out of nowhere. It's like, hey, 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 it's 
you're not going to keep people around if you keep knocking them off like that. You're going to lose your Pe- staff. Pe- That's ridiculous. Peter, Peter Himes, uh, Janet Lee to Udo Kier. I mean, the Udo Kier was in this movie and taken out. Right I mean, away. that's Udo Kier. That's par for the Kier, of course, yes. though. I mean, he just got his teeth ripped out and burned by the sun and blade the year before this. So, I mean, he's, you know. Jericho and Bobby are on a stakeout with Christine's place, and he notices a connection between pin and something in this book and he goes to the back over to point it out christine who has an apple and then sees all these little creature things in it and freaks out but jericho says he saw him too and she tells him this is where she tells him she has visions that no one can see and then satan's hanging out outside and he makes a gas leak that trails to the van with bobby inside and he drops a cigarette on it and boom the whole street of cars goes up he doesn't just make a gas leak he pisses, pisses out that's gasoline. right yes we we pisses out like it looks like blood but it's some kind of viscous liquid that's also flammable so, that comes out Satan's dick. <laughs> yes, and it, it, in my in my in my notes when the explosion happens, I wrote Bobby, no, Bobby, yes. <laughs> and he's getting out of the the van when it happens, so he's like, well, uh, like I thirty love, seconds from being clear. I, I love like when uh, the the flames are coming up on the van, and and Bobby gets out. You see Kevin Pollock's face of huh, what, huh? But then Gabriel Burns makes this face. That can only be described as. Ooh! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this catches the building on fire, and as Jericho goes to get Christine out, the stepmom tries to stop them and overpowers him, and she's beating him up and yelling at Christine about how she was a good mother to her, and then Jericho finally smashes her through a glass coffee table, which takes her out. Which after like the beating she gave him, I'm like. Really? That's all it took for her? She's it's got a, a glass a, jaw. Yeah, like, It's a long fight. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. With him getting beat up most of it. That's, And then he just like she's... gets her once and throws her through the table and it's like, oh, I'm done. Well, she's fueled by Satan, but she's also old. Right. So, you know, well, there's the, limits. It gets, worse, it gets worse from there, though. Yeah. Well, they get to the, they get to the, front, <laughs> yeah. they get to the front door and Satan's there and he just cleanly walks through the fire and he goes to the stepmom tells her she had one simple job then kills her but she and what like she's like on the ground or like yeah. face is all messed oh, up yeah. he's like starts peeling her skin and stuff. it's like oh <laughs> he's a bastard jericho and christine escape through the alley and they're greeted by cch and cch and her policemen open fire on them and said we just want the girl and he's asked to drop his gun and and come out and jericho does so and slowly has his hands up. She says, just the girl, you can kill him. And then, from his secret back, neck, gun holster, <laughs> he pulls... <laughs> They're in his sleeves. There's his sleeves. Oh, okay. Sleeves, yeah. sleeves. Yes. He pulls two hidden he, guns. He, tax, he taxi drivers. Yes. Well, then he, he CCH pounds CCH pounder by loading on her <laughs> and the cop. <laughs> but he looks very distraught about it. Yeah, but Satan right. brings her back to life because uh, he says that the cop can stay dead, but she can get the other cops to find... Jericho and Christine, so she's she's brought back, and uh, they're in a park. Is it Central Park? I don't know, but they're around trees. They're around trees. Uh, Christine drops her pills, and she tells Jericho how she has dreams about her getting it on with Satan. And they go. He takes her to the church, and they hold the, they hold uh, Father Rod Steiger at gunpoint, and tells yep. them that the Vatican Knights are not his people. And Steiger says they're safe at the church. Because Satan can't see inside the house of God. So it seems like that's the end of the movie. Yep, yep. They should just stay there. Let's just wait this out. It. He takes him back to the basement where the stigmata woman is now healed, but pleading and or praying something. 
and she made a prophecy about the end of days before the stigmata, and then we get that 666 turned upside down is 999. You know anything about the number of the beast? Revelation of St. John from his dream? 666? The number of the beast is not 666. Often in dreams, numbers appear upside down and backward. So 666 becomes 999, like in 1999, the year of his return. What does that have to do with me? Regressus Diabli, the return of Satan. <laughs> like, so Satan tried this a thousand years ago and it didn't work? Is that what we're led to believe from this? Well, if there was the, in the end of days prequel that we're not going to get, but if we did, it would star Scott Atkins. We'll find out all of this. <laughs> start of days. Start of days. <laughs> start of days. I want it. I would say the big. I'd say the beginning of the end, but Peter Graves uh, wouldn't be available for that one. We could probably get uh, Hyams back to do that. Finish up the story. So then Christine reveals her birthmark, and we learn that Satan has to bone Christine an hour before midnight on New Year's Eve to bring the Antichrist. And luckily, Arnold's there to say, is this Eastern time? <laughs> Which well, has I something mean, to do with like, the lunar alignment or something. I mean, it's as ludicrous as, you know, don't feed them after midnight. I mean... Any any actor would have this that would have to have that same kind of line because <laughs> it's like right. okay an hour before all right that's very specific. Yeah. You got one hour window. What does Satan's seed have to do with the alignment of the moon? That seems everything. Uh, everything okay. Yeah. Well, adds up. Uh, you don't nine, know what nine, pain nine. is. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, God's not going to intervene because apparently he says we'll save ourselves. And yep. and uh, <laughs> Ar- thanks God. Arnold then says between between your faith and my Glock nine millimeter. I'll take my Glock. Then Steiger says Satan's greatest trick was convincing man he didn't exist. So Christine buys into all of this and stays while Arnold leaves. There's a fun uh, usual suspects reference, by the way. It's <laughs> like, oh, we're gonna Satan saying that's a big trick here. Okay. Yes. Is, oh my <laughs> yeah, gosh. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The Pope is then told that Christine is found, and he orders once again to protect her. <laughs> that good old Pope. Jericho then drinks at his apartment where Satan is waiting. Satan then har- uh, harasses him about losing his wife and child and makes a weird portal thing that has a Christmas tree there. And then his kid and wife are there. And Satan says he'll give it all back to him if he just tells him where Christine is. And Arnold then, he's, you know, Jericho knows they're not real. And then... Satan makes him play witness to their murder. Arnold's basically a Which ghost. Is a really, like, it's a really horrible murder. It's horrible. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, it is. Because they, they they break into the apartment and just grab them. Like, like the daughter's just, like, out of the, the tub. And, you know, the mother's, you know, drying her off. They pull them out of the bathroom and throw them into the bedroom. And, oh, shot, God. They have shotguns. It's not like there's, yeah. like, a gun. Or it's just, like, they have yeah, big shotguns. Yeah. And they're masked. Jeez. And they're, uh, it's yeah. creepy. When I, when I when I saw this, I thought, wait a minute, people don't just break into people's houses and just randomly like, oh, good, they're in here, let's murder them. But they explain that they are like people that Arnold testified against. Like, okay, that makes oh, yeah. that makes sense. What happens with good, thank God they said people that. are good cops, you know, especially as good as Jericho Kane. <laughs> Jericho Kane's trying to like shoot these guys and and tackle them. It's just no, it's not gonna happen. And Satan tries to tell him, tell uh. They did nothing wrong. He's a good cop, and God fucked him and made him feel guilty. And Jericho then punches a mirror, which makes everything revert back. He says he'll never let him know the girl is. And about God, he's the biggest underachiever of all time. He's just got good publicity. That's what Satan says. It reminds, it reminds me of Ray Stevenson as Punisher in Punisher Warzone, where he's like, sometimes I like to get my hands on God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... 
I also love in this conversation that Schwarzenegger says, you're a choir boy compared to me. The, how about the balls on him? Yes. Saying that to Satan. How how do his balls fit in any pair of pants? That is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's, Schwarzenegger. That's right. I'd expect but, nothing less. This is a, this is a guy. This randomly squeebs some woman's boob and then left the restaurant and it blew up just because he he felt like it. Choir boy, what has Schwarzenegger done in the past that beats that? Anything necessary when it comes to Jericho Kane? <laughs> yes, there are no rules for Jericho Kane. There's only one rule: be Jericho Kane. <laughs> Satan tells Jericho the end of days is like a new beginning. And he could be at the ground floor with him, but Jericho tells him to go to hell, and he says, hell comes to you, and he strangles him up high, and Jericho shoots him, and then that heals and disappears. And Don't fuck up the coat. Yeah, which I liked. I liked that line quite a bit. <laughs> like, he got pissed off that he ruined his coat a bit because we shooting He's wearing that coat the whole movie. <laughs> he smashes him through a window and tosses out, you know, Jericho's, like, hand lands right on this, like, glass shard, like, cutting it is like ah and satan offers him his hand but jericho reaches over and throws him out the window and he lands on a truck as he as he cleans his hand wound there's a knock at the door jericho checks the window satan's body's gone and at the door is bobby who claims he su- survived the explosion and was unconscious in an alley which this whole time we're like no 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 he's with he's with satan he's either satan or with satan <laughs> yeah. just don't do it and no then, one's no one does no one believes this. Luckily, I don't know why he does. For two seconds, Jericho isn't convinced, and then he shoots him in the arm. <laughs> and, tells him, and, it, and Bobby's, like, bitching about it. He goes, stop being such a pussy. It's just a scratch. And also, why don't any of his neighbors call the police? I heard gunshots. Lots, oh, of, gun, like, like, lots of gunshots went off. That's yeah, just a normal shattering. night at the Kane residence. <laughs> Jericho Kane's residence. A, a man flew out a window. Where are the police? You don't, you don't tattle on Satan. No, it's, yeah, it's in the rule book. Uh, Bobby. <laughs> oh yeah. Bobby says they need to get Christina out of town, and we're like, no, don't, don't tell Bobby. Don't. Bobby's, Bobby's probably not good. And they tells Bobby to meet him at St. John's Church in one hour, and we're like, oh god, you know, Bobby's not gonna, Bobby's gonna turn on us. Bobby's gonna, no. So the cardinal, he comes to the church to help, and uh, Christine notices the Vatican night pin on the cardinal, and then one of the assassins looks familiar. Rod Seiger says, you can't prevent evil by doing evil. And the Cardinal goes to try to stab her, but Jericho shoots him in the hand, and he says, I can do this all day long. Ah! Now, let her go. You must let us finish. If she is slain, his hope of creating a kingdom on earth dies with her. Her death is God's will. It's not God's will, it's your will, and it'll lead to our destruction. She must be removed. It's the only way to defeat him. For a thousand years, we prepared ourselves for this. We're not afraid to die. Good, because I'm not afraid to kill you. Let her go. And then another earthquake happens, and Steiger tells Jericho and Christine to get out of there. Satan shows up in the church. Nothing they do stops him. He takes, a, he does take a crucifix from this dude and stabs him in the head with it. Which is like, like bam, Boom. stabs him in the head. It's like, yeah. Jesus. It's, yeah, pretty cruel. He then breaks the neck of the cardinal by twisting his head all the way around. And mm-hmm. Jericho, Jericho and Christine are, are escaped, but they're met by Satan followers in the alley, right? It was just Satan followers, right? That's They didn't have like a gang name, did they? They didn't have time to come up with them. We can call them the Hell Satans. Hell Satans. Like. I was yeah. calling them zombies, but it sounded too much like Samba zombies, Zombie, so I yes. wasn't really into it. One, <laughs> they, they weren't dancing up to uh, to. Yeah, there's there's the a couple Arnold years there. after my a couple years after Macarena. Right. So. 
<laughs> uh, one of them beats Jericho with a bat, and then a car comes. It's Bobby. And Jericho, you know, Robin Tooney gets in the car. Jericho goes to get in the car, and then Bobby locks him out, drives away with Christine. Because guess what? Bobby's in league Bobby, with Bobby, Satan. Yeah, yeah. He, he tried to run. He tried to hide, but he went on through to the other side. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so in true Arnold fashion, Jericho begins fighting off all the Satan guys in the alley. And th- th- he takes some brutal hits. I like this scene quite a bit. I yeah. thought this was a pretty good, like, a, you know, like an action moment that preys on both, like, the despair of his character and right. his darkness and whatnot, but, like, a good, and just, like, a well-shot scene, like, showing how uh, fruitless it all is. Yeah. Like, this could be the most that he's ever gotten wailed on in any movie. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was thinking right. about that a lot, actually. I was like, I don't think I've seen Arnold get, like, this badly beaten before. There's a lot of interesting things with, like, you know, stuff that you don't see <laughs> with Arnold, having Arnold and... Arnold movies. Besides, like, Terminator, I guess, right. obviously. Right. Uh, they ultimately, right. they swarm, and they beat him to the ground, and Satan gets the final blow in, and he says, let her go, or I'll kill you. That's what Jericho tells Satan. And Jericho then gets tied up on this makeshift cross out of junk or whatever, and risen up the fire escape of the building, and he says, you're mine, and I want you to see what's going to happen. Satan gets him in Bobby's car and rides away. See, um, Arnold being crucified shouldn't matter because he could just jump on his enormous balls and <laughs> just ride off. Because he tells, again, he tells Satan, I'm going to kill you after he's just got the shit beat out of him. It's nuts. Uh, New Year's Eve morning, Father Rod Steiger finds Jericho. The Pope is told that Satan has Christine, and the Pope then says they must have faith. Okay, thanks, Mr. Pope. And then it's nighttime. Jericho is in the stigmata bed getting stitched up, and he returns to the police station to load up on weapons. Oh, yeah. Groovy. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's, like, loading himself up, not just with weapons, with, like, rockets. Yeah, like no, it's... carrying on his person. It's a heavy-duty room, and he uses the police station to trace Bobby's car, and it leads him to that abandoned theater where, when he gets there, CCH Pounder is arriving. I was I was half expecting like uh, like Henry Rollins to be performing a concert or something. Oh, there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this building you saw well, the all the time in the late nineties. <laughs> he goes in and he follows in the theater to some underground tunnel where he's greeted by a guy with his eyes stitched up who lets him pass. Which looked kind of like Father Thomas. That's what I wondered for a moment too, but it's just it some wasn't other him. Guy. But it was yeah, like it looked like him, but it was yeah. I it, thought it, yeah, it, yeah. yeah. It's just it's just some guy that smells if people have enough hate in them if they can pass. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes through a subway tunnel then to a secret pass to a passage in the subway tunnel where he hears some ritualistic chanting and he winds up in a like a boiler room area with lots it's of a, candles and torches. And it's also filled with gas, apparently. It's a boiler room. One of those kind of boiler rooms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And people are cloaked and speaking and chanting in, like, Latin. And Christine's, like, laid down on this altar. And Jericho slowly maneuvers his way in because he's not going to stick out. Uh, And CCH Pounder knows that. She's curiously following him through the crowd. And she pulls the gun on Jericho, but he shoots her. And then unloads like machine gun fire all over the crowd. Uh, and Satan. And Satan. Which is fucking, which is fucking awesome. And Christine. Arnold Schwarzenegger, machine gun Satan. Satan. Christine. But it's delivering on the premise. Arnold versus Satan, <laughs> guys. Let's do it. <laughs> Damn right. I wish it was just called that. I would, I would fucking see that movie in a heartbeat. Christine gets up and then runs to Jericho, grabs Christine and says, you know, has her at gunpoint, says he's going to kill her. And Satan then has Bobby come out to shoot him. 
And Bobby then has to explain to us that he made the deal while he was engulfed in flames, that, you know, stay alive. And then Bobby just can't shoot Jericho during the standoff. So Satan says their deal's off, and he flames back up. And then Jericho unloads on Satan and shoots a grenade off into the room, which starts a chain of fire and explosions. That's, this is also where Jericho doesn't, like, put Bobby out of his misery and just lets him burn. Yeah, he just lets him. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> It's like, you lied to me. You deserve this. Goodbye. Also, in my, in my notes, I wrote, Bobby, no, again. Again. <laughs> got a second time. Yeah. So We just needed the, the Gabriel Burns, ooh. Yeah. But, oh, well. So Jericho and Christine run and escape from the fire and stuff back through the tunnels. And in the tunnel, they're met with Satan followers, but Jericho blows a hole in the wall to escape, which leads them to having to duck under, like, a subway train that breaks, and they hop onto it, and Jericho gives her a handgun and teaches her how to use it, and she quickly shows him she's learned because she fires and kills a guy hopping onto the subway train, and it takes off, and Satan is on the tracks, and Jericho tells the driver not to stop, so they cream him, but then his, like, hand comes through the floor, and they shoot it, yeah. and then it goes away. And then, then it, it turns into the... It turns into a video game. Yes! Because, it's like a Resident you know, Evil, like the end of a Resident it, Evil game. It, it absolutely is. It's like the, the final battle before the final battle. Because, like, his, yeah, his fist is coming up through... Like, it's coming like through the, the ceiling, and, yeah. And then it goes through the chest of the conductor. Yeah, which is like, oh, the conductor's he's doing such a good job of conducting and keeping them out of safe where, where he is, and then he just gets horribly dispatched. <laughs> he breaks for you guys. He breaked. Uh, Very easily, days away too. Like, I don't think subway. I don't know how. I don't know if it would have stopped like stop. ten feet yeah. from them. Yeah. It, yeah, it stops oh, yeah. on a dime pretty much. It's like, well, good job, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Jericho and Christine. Then, like, he says they got to separate the cars, so they do. And you know, this is a big moment where you know they get on. There's the cars are separated, and Arnold has to jump over to Christine, who can somehow lift his hulking body up onto the car. And then Satan tries to do the same thing. But Jericho shoots a grenade at him, and he flies back in the other car, and it blows up. And oh, that's fucking ridiculous. There, there were, there was, there were a couple of things about that scene because one is like, I, I guess Satan was on that train car, but like, why did they detach the one that was in the front? Like, this doesn't seem like a good idea. Why would, they, why would they detach the one in the back side? But all right, yeah. he's yeah, on that yeah. one. I guess it makes sense to a level. And then the. The whole Arnold jumps thing, it's like, well, I guess in a Seagal movie, he would have made that jump. But Arnold is like, I'm going to make it as inelegant as possible. And I'm going to, like, drag my feet on the ground and be in real trouble and then get up on the thing. It's like, all right, well. I love that, you know, Satan at at this point, like, part of his head is worn off. He's got, like, some ribs showing and stuff. Yeah, there's a good shot of his ribs. I was like, oh, that's a nice, like. His healing power has slowed. Yeah. Yes, exactly. He's like Logan. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But I just love him jumping out of that other car and then having a, a, a rocket like fired into his chest. It's pretty awesome. The, I know that's like how would like like that needs like it would be a big spoiler to put it in a trailer. But if I saw it in a trailer, like I gotta fucking see that movie. So that is so awesome because not only does it blow up Satan, but it blows up like the train car and it collapses in the in the tunnel. It's just so that's like the. Maybe the most Arnold moment in the whole movie. <laughs> well, and then oh, what yeah, the car is. they're on is on a crash course with the the exploded one, so they have to like get out of it, and then that one crashes in, and there's another explosion. It's like yeah, because apparently they were like carrying gasoline on that other 
train mm-hmm. um, car, whatever. Which doing all this is what it took to get Satan to leave the body of Gabriel Byrne. He certainly yeah, it, was well, Byrne. Like it, 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 yeah, it, it messed him up enough where he's like, okay, I got no, 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 no time for this body anymore. I need, to, I need something new. I need to be back mm-hmm. in. Clear, clear devil form. Yeah, and if you're checking the time, it's 11:51. Satan has nine minutes to bone. Could... Oh, they're really good about keeping the time of this movie at this point. Right, they're getting down to the, the minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jericho and Christine are on the streets, and a large mob of Satan's followers are after him. And they escape into a church and barricade the doors. And Jericho tells everyone in the church to clear out by firing his weapon into the air. To be fair, I mean that would work. Yeah, it would work. Yeah. He tells Christine to hide, and then has a moment. Looking around, Hide. all the iconography of the church's altar, and he drops his weapon, and he asks God to help him. Please, God, help me. Give me strength. And give him strength. And the church then shakes, and the statues flame up and fall over, the ceiling crumbles, the pews fall into each other like dominoes, the stained glass windows shatter, and from the altar, Satan in demon form rises, and he's like humongous, and he possesses Jericho, and tosses him around the church, and he lays motionless at 11.57, and slowly... I wrote I, I wrote 11.57 in my notes, because it's like this really quick cut to Times Square, it's like, ah! And then it cuts back to the church again. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're still there. They're still waiting. And he slowly wakes, calling for Christine, and she comes out and tells her it's over. We won. But he tightens the grip on her hand and pulls her to the front of the church, lying her on the altar and ripping her clothes. And he says, everything is the way it should be. But she begs for Jericho not to let him win. And Jericho then stares at the crucified Jesus, has a moment, struggles, then tells her to run, and then jumps on the sword from a statue as the ball drops for New Year's. And fire blasts from his chest and fills out the entire church with the demon face screaming at Jericho. Then re- that, that demon face returns to the ground, and then he sees his wife and daughter in front of him, and he smiles, and he dies. And Christine takes his hand says, Thank you. We get a shot of New York City, loud, cheering as the ball drop, and credits roll. No one has any idea that Arnold Schwarzenegger saved the world. You know who does? God. God knows. <sighs> well, God don't care. <laughs> if God cared, he would have done something about it. He did. He believed in Arnold. Yes. He oh, is that, is that right? He believed in Jericho Kane. <laughs> but Satan <laughs> lives to fight that, another day. I think we should all live our lives believing in Jericho Kane. Of course, it we can't now. Did the world end in 1999? No. It did not. You got me there. I know I do. <laughs> this is this movie is based on facts. All of them. Like nine 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 is the mark of the devil. <sighs> that uh that jump that Arnold does on to impale himself, it's quite the jump. Oh yeah. Like it, it's oh, like yeah. a huge leap and he's just like just like way into it and yeah, then the fire comes out and it's like, Wow, that looks way worse than the, the demon thing. That was pretty cool a couple seconds ago. <laughs> and this is the this well, is the only time he's like died as a human in a movie, right? He, at that point it was the first at that time. Point, has yeah. he died since? Like, what has he done since? He's he somehow survived all those expendables and movies. He survived. We didn't, but he <laughs> did. Um <laughs> that's a tagline also not for us but for you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see well six day like some of his clones probably died right, right? But the, right. Um, clones aren't people clones are not people i'm clone your clone um let's see he probably died 
No, yeah. Uh, does he die in Sabotage? It has a really cool ending. It's the only thing I liked in that movie because I, I really he, hated he most lived, of Sabotage. Right? I think he I don't yeah, yeah. Sabotage is like, awful. Oh, he has a big God. shootout. Yeah, it's a terrible movie. Sabotage terrible might be movie. his worst movie he's ever done. Well, he didn't cameo in Suicide Squad, so David Ayer didn't get him for that one. Um, but uh, mm. let's see here. Uh, I don't... Did he die in Maggie? No, he no. just killed the daughter, right? Because, you know, she's a zombie. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that might be his only human death. Yeah. Jingle all the way? No, he lived in that. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Junior, he survived the pregnancy. Uh, let's see. The... <laughs> Escape plan was he, he survived. He and Stallone got out. Yeah. They like hugged, held hands, and did all their stuff together after. That's their best collabo. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's that's true. <laughs> no, yeah, I think that's the only uh, human death, besides you know, the clone argument, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which is a obviously a deeper discussion for a different podcast, <laughs> right? <laughs> did you guys uh, notice that? Um, you know, in the opening credits, it said that the. Um, special effects were done by uh, Rick Baker, and then I noticed in the end credits that um, it was done by Kurtzman, Nicotero, and Burger's company as well. It's like they have like almost all of the big special effects guys involved in this movie. It's an Arnold movie. What do you expect? But there weren't that many. I mean, there were some practical effects certainly but there weren't that many practical effects that would need that many big names i was just surprised by that well they they if i mean there's certain parts and if they're in a hurry they need to hire different house places to do different things for them so they can't just mm-hmm. like have one production company focusing on a certain house like rogue one we were talking about earlier like hired out like a bunch of different places didn't they yeah i think i so. mean this was a hundred million dollar movie yeah. like it, you know it was a big budget arnold movie like you know people you gotta get a lot of people involved Thanksgiving, you know, release and everything—the <laughs> perfect movie to see on Thanksgiving. It's hitting me now that you just—you made a guy, guys and dolls reference earlier. I'm like, oh, we've talked about <laughs> we've, we've talked about end of days and guys and dolls in the same movie, in the same podcast, which makes me makes me laugh. <laughs> well, guys and dolls is probably a bit more realistic than this movie, uh, <laughs> even with all the singing. Fuck, <laughs> be a Schwarzenegger tonight. Bobby, no! Huh? What? Huh? Now comes the time in the episode where we rate the film we just discussed. Uh, we are cults and cavalcade, so we keep things a little bit culty. So our ratings are, which kind of goes with this movie a little bit, stay with their family, which means you're Act 1, Jericho Kane, uh, <laughs> drinking... Pizza Pepto Bismol beer smoothies in the morning, and just no, you're not down with this. No faith. Converted, which you are down with all this and cool with leaving Robin Tooney at church and drinking the Kool Aid. You are jumping on the sword. So, Aaron, how do you rate End of Days? Mm-hmm. That's a, a three scale, a three tier system here. That's a, that's a tough one because I'm kind of in the like the pizza blender camp, but there's like a good there's a good chunk of this movie where um. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm leaving Tooney at church and like and hanging on to see what goes on here because I think there is fun to be had with it, just not enough because it's it's kind of when it's not like Arnold fun and it's not like goofy fun, it's just kind of plotting. So yeah, probably ultimately I'd say the the you know drink the stay with the family. Cullen, you know, I'm like you, Brandon, where I had not seen this movie since I saw it in theaters and I didn't remember that much about it and 
That's probably the movie's biggest sin is that it's <laughs> sin. Oh, look at you. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty clever. It, it it's just forgettable. It's not necessarily it's not terrible, but it's not really that good. It's just it's just like, well, that was a movie. Let's go have lunch. You know, there's really not, not that much. To I saw it. the new movie this weekend. Well, cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this is a movie that didn't. Need, <laughs> this never needed to be released on home video because no one would miss it. No one's going to buy this thing. No one cares. This should have been like a blockbuster exclusive because you can rent it and that's it. You'll never want to own it. Hey, it got two purchases for this podcast. That's right, it did. Good soundtrack on <laughs> hey, that. that movie, yeah, that five point one is fantastic. <laughs> well, I, well, I rented it. The way it was supposed to be done. Oh, this is so, a tough weekend too. This movie came out the second weekend of Toy Story Two, and World is Not Enough. It was actually the first. I think it was. I think Toy Story Two had like a really small release that weekend before. Yeah, because it, it, it had fifty-seven million on the second weekend, so I assume so. Yeah, it had a really <laughs> small first weekend. Yeah. So I, I would say just watch Schwarzenegger shoot Satan a couple of times. Find those clips. Because those are awesome, but otherwise, uh, I I think I believe I stay with my family on this one. Brandon, how do you rate End of Days? I didn't think it was awful, but yeah, f- forgettable. I think two hours is is way too long for yep. this damn thing. If you made this an hour thirty five, hour forty, it's probably a bit more forgiven. Like I would have, I would have removed the whole Gabriel Byrne and Arnold's apartment scene because basically he leaves there. To end up going right back to where he was before. So if you could just condense some sort of part of that out of there and just make it a little more focused on action, just you know, a quick kill, crummy little popcorn action movie, it's it's a little better. Yeah, I didn't. It's, I'm gonna stay with my family as well. I didn't hate going back and looking at this, but I don't. I don't know when the next time I'll go back and look at it is. But or if I want to crank my 5.1 system, that's a good one to do that because I was. That was one of my favorite parts of watching this movie was being like, holy crap. This is like a junky release, and they have a good 5.1 track because it's one of those. It was one of the first Blu-rays, I think. Yeah, initial push. It has that like that universal little pamphlet of like, look at all that exciting stuff you can do with Blu-ray coming soon. Yeah, and it's only got a commentary, and so those are usually some of the worst titles when the thing comes out. And it had a you know had decent picture quality, but the the oh, 5.1 yeah. was just like what on this? Yeah. Okay, awesome. I wasn't prepared. I'd like oh I gotta lower my volume a couple a couple notches here. I wasn't expecting how good this was. Yeah, that was cool. But yeah, it's yeah, I just I mean it is what it is. It's it's not. I don't even think it's second tier Schwarzenegger good. It's 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 right below that. Oh uh, yeah, it's it, this is in like like I'm trying to think what qualifies here. Uh, red, red heat, yeah, red, uh, red territory. Yeah. Red heat, Conan, red heat. No, red heat's Conan, better than this. Conan the Destroyer, Schwarzenegger, not Conan the Barbarian, Schwarzenegger. By the way, better Brandon, better than Genesis Terminator though. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Not yeah. <laughs> not Genesis level. Um. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, End of Days is on Blu-ray, but True Lies is nope. not. I know. Oh my God! Don't get me started. <laughs> oh. Yep. Uh, the, the, uh, I yeah. I can't. Brandon, it. is that on? Is that on your Blu-ray wish list? It was. It was years ago. I held off on it because there was word it was coming, and then I did when the Expendable Street came out. I did all like I did pick like an Arnold movie. I picked like a, a Van Damme movie. Like I did like all the Expendables guys in a row leading up to Expendables. I think three it's like every time james cameron like he like gets through a draft of avatar it's like okay let me go back to true up oh, no but i gotta do something more and then he then he like stops doing right. true stuff. apparently the abyss is coming this next year yep. apparently i believe i can believe that i can believe that he like went back and actually did a thing 
just like he probably while he was on his like aliens is actually pretty awesome tour he was like oh let me look at the abyss by the way mm, see how that goes. right yeah so yeah i would i would love to see true lies it's one of his best it's one of you know you know uh mainstream filmmakers filmmaking's best directors but he's yeah. the one holding it back like one of tom arnold's best movies yeah <laughs> It, Tom it Arnold's best movie. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else is said in the running here. It's not. Cool. I don't know. Have you <laughs> seen the think... stupids? I mean, come on. It's like yeah, Tom Arnold's best is like uh, True Lies and uh, Freddy's Dead: The Final Nightmare. The end. The... <laughs> Tom Arnold collection. But yeah. That's hard. <laughs> end of days is yeah. It could have been something. I don't know. There's a lot of those like late '90s religious thriller, dark gothic action like type things of this ilk that just they just didn't live up to what they could have been i don't know what they're supposed to be maybe maybe seven's like the one that started it all and then everything came after was just kind of junky and just well, look it's cool a it's a yeah it's a mix of that the yeah the visual filmmaking in seven yeah. combined with like the fact that it is the you know it's almost the millennium so we need to cash in on a lot of you know different writers ideas of crazy ideas for what could happen next yeah. and so it just didn't lead to much because there's not much fine tuning on these screenplays. It's like, all right, like, that that's a fun high concept. Let's try you it. Because like like we mentioned, like Stigmata looks cool, sounds yeah. cool, has cool cast. It's shit, uh, <laughs> and it's like one of those movies. Just like with this, it's like, oh, where are you, where are you going? Wasn't there? There was like a like, was there a Winona Ryder one at this time too? Lost Souls or something uh, like that. Well, uh, yeah. Um, is it Lost? I think it's Lost Souls. Yeah, I think actually. so. Johnny Depp had the Ninth Gate. There's like all these. Ninth Gate, yeah, uh, yeah, Lost Souls with her and uh, was it Ben Chaplin? Or something. Yeah, like it, yeah. There's was there like one that it's not religious necessarily, but it's like in dreams with Annette. Right. Yep. Like, yep. Kind of mm-hmm. like similar. Yeah, this is the least of the films we've talked about so far, by the way, as far between Ravenous, Mars Attacks, and this. If you're playing the Aaron Newarth Cult Cinema Cavalcade '90s game, that, uh, that so bingo chessboard's is... almost complete. Yes. Bobby, no! Huh? What? Huh? (laughs) On the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, it's our Happy Birthday Linda Blair episode, and we'll be discussing 1979's Roller Boogie. But before that, keep an eye out for a certain spooky day that pops up from time to time on the calendar. Just saying. Just saying so this episode has come to an end thanks to aaron for coming back for his third appearance thanks for having me for your first 2017 episode into many more to many more <laughs> and thank you for listening now stay tuned for the trailer for roller boogie shot by dean Cundy, by the way the trailer that actually trails He's the best skate around. She's the hottest date in town. Together, they're love on wheels in Roller Boogie. Yeah, I'm hell on wheels. I'm a roller mama. I can't drive down places that you never knew. Drive me all outside at the roller mama. If you tie my laces, then I'll follow you.
Linda Blair, Jim Bray, Roller Boogie, it's Love on Wheels, rolling your way for Christmas. Thank you for listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade. You can find more of Colin's work on the Creative Zombie Studios Network and on Twitter at my name is Colin. You can find more of Brandon's work at whysoblue.com and on Twitter at btpeters. Podcast produced by Brad Shoemaker. Edited by Brandon. Narration by Becky. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf found on the freemusicarchive.org network. The movie in today's discussion is property of its respective studio and no infringement is intended. Please remember to leave us an iTunes rating and review. Join us again in two weeks for the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. He's a His old face. Obviously. This is a <laughs> inadvertent sequel to the Amityville Horror. Is what Steiger's got going is his priest series. <laughs> Nobody liked that. Fine, fuck you guys. <laughs> I, I have not seen the Amityville Horror, to be fair, so it was lost on me. I'm sure I would have loved it if I'd seen the movie. Ooh! <laughs>